Uh, this is Isis. You are tuned to 95.7 KDRT LP, Davis, California. And um, this is Radio Rebels. I'm Isis. Hi, I'm Rachel. Hi, I'm Liang. Hi, I'm Tianjiao. Hi, I'm Sihan. And today we're going to be talking about Picnic Day. Um, so we've interviewed a couple of our friends, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about our experience um, for this year's Picnic Day. So we're going to go ahead and play that for you. Hi everyone, I'm Liang. I'm going to interview a friend of mine who's going to share some her experience about this year's UC Davis Picnic Day. Hi everyone, my name is Kai Zhang and I'm a third year student of UC Davis. Um, how many times have you attended the Picnic Day? This was my first time actually. I didn't attend the previous years during my freshman and sophomore years because of the pandemic. So this year is my first time and I was very excited. Oh, yeah, I missed the picnic day the last two years, and I feel so bad about that. So, are you participating in anything this year? Yeah, I participated in a doxy derby, which seems to be a very popular event every year. The ticket sold out a few days before the event, but luckily, I got the ticket. It is held at the campus pavilion, and the ticket is limited. I remember you have a party. Did you take him to the event? Yes, I took him to the race, but he was too timid to run in the field. <laughs> okay, last question. How did you feel about the picnic day? Very great, and it is a very meaningful festival. Okay, thank you. Hi everyone, this is Sihan, who is going to bring out the interview with an acapella group member from UC Davis Musical, uh, which is a music club from UC Davis, so I'm the person from the group. So while we were rehearsing, I recorded a small selection of clips, so I'm going to show that first. Our group participated in last year's picnic day on the Love and Memory Union, performing three songs. So as a performer, I was nervous and I saw a huge crowd as I was heading to the venue. Uh, it was probably the most crowded I've seen in Davis. Um, I think picnic day not only has a lot of entertainment for visitors to enjoy, but it was also gives those who love music or any others a platform to showcase our hobby and work. Hi everyone, this is Isis and I am a senior at UC Davis and this year's picnic day was actually my first time being on campus, which was super fun. Um, I'm a part of Aggie Studios, which is a branch of ASCCD and we're a media organization responsible for capturing a lot of ASCCD's um, media publications. So yeah, it was super fun just being a part of the behind the scenes of um, picnic day in terms of the more like media production um, scope of it. I am a videographer, so I was um, filming a lot of um, the picnic day announcements with the director, Lindsay Marshall, which was super fun. Um, it was nice getting a little behind the scenes of the process of putting on picnic day, social media announcements up. Um, and yeah, like the day of picnic day, I had 
the opportunity to film the parade in the morning, which took place at about like 9 a.m. And yeah, it was incredible just seeing how many people were there um, and just feeling this really strong sense of community um, from the people, their energy was super high. And yeah, it was just such a beautiful thing to capture. Hi everyone, this is Kim Jiao. For the topic of Picnic Day, I have interviewed my friend Fiona, who had participated Picnic Day in these two years, and she would like to share her experience uh, about the Picnic Day. So let's hear what she thought. Hello, my name is Fiona. I'm a fourth year uh, student uh, majoring in physics and math. This is my second year participating Picnic Day. Um, in the last year, um, I was volunteering in the math department to help um, uh, arranging and like decorating those uh, display desks. Um, it was very impressive um, volunteering activity because um, I, we work with some of the professors in the department and also helping set up some of the questions. I would. Um, I was helping the whole morning and so there's like a lot of kids and a lot of students on campus. They're pretty enjoying our activities like help distinguish the symmetry of certain uh, geometric uh, pictures or participating in the bracelets of the pi, um, of the pi number. Those are the events we also do have uh, did do this year but it was having a smaller difference this year I didn't do a volunteering but I just like participating in the events the pipe uh, number bristles was really impressive a lot of kids and students are participating it's like the, they put the bridge into a bracelet and like you can DIY it um, is pretty interesting and we also do visit the uh, chemistry like the ice cream and also the engineering to see the robots they do like they design to have the um like pick up the grapes for the agriculture needs um i think that is pretty interesting that um we can come across all the departments and then like to see what's their um, picnic theme. It's a pretty interesting event. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, having uh, Fiona to share her experience for the picnic days in these two years. Hello, this is Rachel of Radio Rebels, and since our topic this week is on campus, we decided to discuss the most popular event on our UC Davis campus called Picnic Day, which for us just happened a few weeks ago on April 15th. And this started in 1909, and the annual event is planned and run by students and focuses on showing what the campus is all about. Basically like an open house, and the event has more than 200 activities ranging from milking a cow, seeing bands perform, going to a fashion show, or even seeing dogs race. Picnic Day is also open to the community and visitors from other places. And I also got the chance to talk to the vice chair of Picnic Day, Bradford, and his thoughts on planning the event and why you should go if you haven't yet. Hi, my name is Bradford Martin, and I am this year's Picnic Day vice chair. 
Picnic Day is a great opportunity to showcase Davis's huge open house event. It is the largest student-run event in the nation with over 200 events all over campus, including the Frisbee Dog Throw, Doxy Derby, Parade, and Fashion Show. Um, there is a board of 15 directors that make it possible, along with 16 assistant directors and over 200 volunteers. Coming to Picnic Day is just a great opportunity to get involved with Davis culture and see everything we have to offer. Thank you. Um, yeah, so that was Radio Rebels. Um, what did you guys think? Yeah, that was great. It was amazing. That's pretty interesting to know about anything happened in camp in picnic day. Yeah, um, I think it was super fun um, being able to film for um, picnic day. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Good morning, Davis. Welcome back. You are listening to KDRT. We are insert group name here. Once again, we're going to introduce ourselves. My name is Talia. I'm Sion. I'm Erica. I'm Sam. And I'm Donuts. And we have the privilege to talk about the Davis community. And one of the topics that we came that came to our minds was the farmers market that happened yesterday. And we're gonna go ahead and play a little interview done by our one, our wonderful Sam. Good morning, KDRT listeners. This is Sam. I'm out here at the UC Davis Farmers Market here on Wednesday, and I'm gonna be talking to one of their vendors today. Uh, tell us your name and what you're selling. Uh, I'm Nick. Uh, I sell flowers, uh, bouquets usually, uh, usually on Easter or Valentine's Day. Awesome. So, Nick, how long have you been selling at the farmer's market here? I've been selling since I actually got into Davis uh, about three, four years now. Do you sell anywhere else or do you mostly locate in the farmer's market? I also sell back in my hometown, uh, actually. Our family owns a little food market there as well, and I sell flowers there. Very cool. If you could describe to us like what got you into selling flowers tell give us some insight what, what drove you to sell flowers oh, of course uh well as i said my family owns a uh, little food market in my hometown uh i started growing flowers. We, we live on a farm and i started growing flowers on my farm and i decided one day i'd uh, try selling them at the at our food market and they was actually really really successful do you guys have like a particular flower that's like the most popular or one that you really like in particular well, the most popular are the bouquets, which is a combination of flowers, uh, usually roses, tulips, or uh, lilies. But if I had to pick my favorite, it would be the, yeah, uh, no, red rose, actually. I, I love the red rose because uh, it represents love and passion. And, you know, those are the kind of things you want to represent on Valentine's Day. 
Awesome. Thank you for your time, Nick. Have a good one. Yeah, thank you. You too. All right. Shout out to Nick for uh, taking the time to uh, give us that nice interview. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, like I I love flowers, okay? And yeah, I love, me too. <laughs> I love going to the farmers market and um, just you know seeing that you know local vendors are selling at the farmers market. It's still like it really brings this kind of joy and community to Davis that I feel like no other town has. If you feel me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Erica? It's springtime. Hey, yeah, go ahead, Erica. I, I love the farmers market. Um, I enjoy i haven't been to the davis one i think actually i lied i have been to the davis one and i bought indian food there once like samosas they're really indian delicious food? yeah they're really good there was like there's a vendor i don't know his name sorry but um it's really really good so go check it out if you have time at the davis farmer's market it's from three to six every wednesday at central park i didn't know they did it on wednesdays i thought they only did it over the weekend but that's good to i think know. there's another one on the weekend but i think that's on davis campus no no it isn't, it isn't? i i've seen i I've been to the ones on Saturday and Sunday. Okay, maybe. The Sunday one is the DIY one. Oh. And then the Saturday ones is like the bigger farmer's market where there's like a bunch of people because more people are able to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think that's on campus, or is it? There is another one on campus. Maybe that's what I'm confusing it with. But we're not talking about yeah, the campus we're not, here. <laughs> we're talking about the community. community. We love it here in Davis, okay? <laughs> the, I, you know what? That's what I, like, I think Davis has a lack of focus in the community itself because we are so they are so the people are so overshadowed mm -hmm. by the um by the campus yeah. right what do you what are your thoughts on that uh i i honestly i agree with that i think that like um the campus is very much like the focal point of the city but like there's a lot of um like really like quality like important things going on in the outside of the school and mm -hmm. i think that like there's not really a lot of focus on that yeah actually like we are not sure about that because like all of us are also like uc davis students so yeah. like we don't have like the right to say whether yes or no yeah mm -hmm. well i mean i'm from sacramento so i mean i i, I commute so i'm not in davis I'm a commuter at all too yeah yes. i'm from vacaville so oh, okay yeah <laughs> You know, most actually, I'm like I was seeing over the new like the news, the Davis news, because a lot of people don't talk about Davis news. They talk right. about campus news mm -hmm. is that mm -hmm. people are in Davis are afraid or mo mainly farmers in Davis are afraid of Davis becoming the next Elk Grove or Vacaville. Yeah, because it's rapidly growing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the housing um, housing not prices, but what is it called? The crisis? The housing crisis? Yeah. yeah just Increase in housing. Increase yeah. in housing yeah. and properties being built over the next 10 years. Like, Davis ex is expected to grow over 10,000 people in population. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I find that really strange because a lot of farmers are very afraid because that farmland and that agriculture yeah. hub that Davis is well known for is going to be taken away. But then again... Like, what are your thoughts on that? That's like the staple of Davis. So that's kind of scary to think about. Yeah. Also, but at the same time, it's kind of expected because it is a campus community. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's a college community. So on that note, we have an interview. Let's go ahead and play that.
So we're having a bit of problem playing the interviews back, but I interviewed some people. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting a thumbs up from my sound guy. He's saying that it's all good. So we're just going to play that right now. I mean, obviously, that would be a pretty big blow to, to, to farmers if all this land is taken up by developments. Also, I don't know, I've never been a fan. I'm actually like, uh, I, I think like the, the look of housing projects, especially the ones like east of Sacramento, like the ones in Folsom that are just like growing like mold, just look so stupid. And so like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm assuming these, the housing crisis is gonna take shape in the, or is it to take the form of like new, uh, like kind of mundane looking housing developments. So I, yeah, I mean, from your spiel, it doesn't sound too doesn't fun. Doesn't sound too fun. No. And speaking with other like people who, older people who like live in Davis and are not students, um, I had the opportunity to interact with some of them this past weekend. And I think what they think is the issue is the renters. And like personally, I live in an, in an area, uh, Seoul, West Village, and the rent is crazy high and the like amenities and like maintenance is like horrible, not responsive, but they're gonna continue to charge that rate and house as just as many students every year because they there's a need. Like there's a need for housing. A lot of students don't get it and the people who can afford Seoul are gonna live there every year just because it is housing and there's none of it really left for students. Thank you so much. And that was done by you, Erica, right? No, that was Donya. Oh, Donya. Yeah. Donuts. Donuts. <laughs> yeah, no, I interviewed them. I thought we I thought we discussed this. <laughs> My bad, sorry. <laughs> yeah. But what do you guys think about that? I don't know. Like, um, their stories were very interesting. Obviously, I interviewed people from the community. Interview tried to not interview many students. I tried to interview people who were not students. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of, you know, what's interesting, though, I went to the mayor's office. <laughs> I went to the mayor's office Tell and us. I tried to come in and I was like, yo, I'm KDR. I'm from KDRT. I'm a reporter. I want to talk to the mayor. And they were like, oh, he's not in office. The vi There's a mayor and vice mayor. Surprisingly, that's not Ch Chancellor May. Chancellor May is in the mayor of Davis. Um, we have a mayor, a vice mayor and two council members and they are never in office. Like, ever. Like, apparently, I asked, I was like, okay, when are they going to be in office? Like, in person. And it's like, they have actual jobs, is what the receptionist told me. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean their job is not being primarily there? That's kind of crazy to think about that. I did not know. Yeah, it just kind of, for me, it just kind of, like, that's a message in and of itself of, like, how, like, how much more priority the school takes over the city because the people that are in charge of the city are like less well known than the people in charge of the school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the mayor not being in office, I don't know. I mean, I've, I haven't had a lot of good experience with mayors. I'm from Bell. Like, if you want to Google what happened with the mayor there, you can do that. Um, so, you know, my experience isn't the greatest, but. It's interesting to know that they're not there when, like, you want to speak to them. Yeah, well, that wraps up our insert group name here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, guys. Yeah, this was really fun. Okay, we're Thank just going to get back to the next group. We'll be right back.
All right. Hello, everyone. This is the DJ Doras. You are tuned in to 95.7 KDRTLP, Davis, California. I'm Jalen. I'm Miguel. Amanda. And Lucy. <laughs> All right. And today we're going to be talking about a little bit of pop culture news that's happening this week. Um, there's been a lot, actually, especially when it comes to celebrity relationships. So, for instance, did you guys know that Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn have apparently broken up? OMG. I have somewhat heard about it. I've been following basketball more. So, so no. <laughs> yes. Well, after six years of dating, they've reportedly broken up. And um, I read, I did a little bit of research on the gossip columns and... A sources close to Taylor Swift said that she thought that it didn't seem like it would work in the long run and that the relationship had simply just run its course. But a lot of people have noticed that many of Taylor Swift's friends have unfollowed Joe on Instagram. So maybe there could be something a little bit more messy going on. It is crazy how often people connect like Instagram follows to like gossip stories especially around sports like if a certain player unfollows a team it's like oh he's getting traded or like he's getting released really yeah so like it's crazy how much social media influences or like kind of gives us like little hints and clues of like some like behind the door stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no i know i think that because a lot of the people that weren't following him were like uh ryan reynolds and blake lively because those are people that are close to taylor swift but i think it could also just be like it's a little bit weird to follow your friend's ex <laughs> yeah, that is a little strange. Yeah. But um, I will say, though, that it is really sad for a lot of Taylor Swift fans, especially because uh, Joe Alwyn is the inspiration for and actually wrote a bunch of songs with Taylor Swift. Um, and it's really sad. Like, one of my favorite ta- Taylor Swift lines is, um, Your life and mine were parallel lines, uh, and then stars... Uh, stars rearranged and they intertwined so it's like dang like she was really in love with him and it just sucks that they re- thought the relationship had run its course but yeah do you guys have any thoughts on that uh didn't you release a new album so like how i'm curious to like how his inter- his relationship affected that i'm honestly not sure because there's one song that she talked about called lavender haze which um is literally about how when you're in love you feel like you're in a lavender haze and she talked about how she felt that way with joe so wow yeah i don't really know what's going on with that and she was on tour when that happened right because i think i think like in between all the basketball stuff (laughs) i saw that kind of creep through my timeline so uh, yeah that seems like interesting tidbits well regardless we wish taylor swift the best and i guess joe too but um but in other news though uh camila cabello and sean mendez who have been broken up since 2019 have actually have apparently gotten back together um and it was they were caught right Yes, they were. People have been speculating that they have gotten back together because photos of them kissing were released. Kissing at Coachella Week One were released, so people are like, "Okay, if you're deaf, like you don't just kiss your friends." Because <laughs> they, they, oh, sorry, they started dating in 2019, but publicly called it quits in 2021 after posting. Um, news of their breakup to Instagram with a statement where they said, hey guys, we've decided to end our romantic relationship, but our love for one another as humans is stronger than ever. We started our relationship as best friends and will continue to be best friends. We so appreciate your support from the beginning and moving forward. So yeah, if they're still best friends, that's kind of an interesting... (laughs) 
Um, so I don't really keep up with celebrity relationships, but like when they were first dating, I remember a lot of people were saying they were doing it as a publicity stunt. Like, do you think that's still the case or? Mm, Loki, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that they're just two very strange people. <laughs> I thought you say very close friends. I was like, yeah, they seem pretty close. Oh, yeah. Oh, very close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually, actually found out they broke up uh, through like a professor. He's, he was he was an older gentleman, and he said he's like, oh, my daughter texted me that uh, these two broke up, and then I don't believe in love anymore. I was like, that's a pretty deep stuff to tell us. And then, and then like spent like wow. an hour lecture. He was a nice guy though. I liked mm -hmm. him. Yeah, no, I I think though it possibly could have been for publicity from the beginning, especially considering where both of their careers started. Like Sean Mendes got famous from Vine, and then Camila Cabello got famous from X Factor. Oh, really? So, from Vine? Yeah. For, for Shawn Mendes? Yeah. Yeah, he used to be part of MagCon. <laughs> from, involved with what? MagCon. It was a really popular, like, Vine group. Oh, yeah. I miss Vine. Shout out Vine. <laughs> yeah, good old Vine and yes. good old Coachella. Speaking of yeah, Coachella. Speaking of Coachella, Ooh. week two of Coachella just um, ended. And if you don't know what Coachella is, because you've been living under a rock, Coachella is an annual music festival held in Coachella Valley, known for its performers, art pieces, and celebrity attendees. And with week two of the festival coming to a close, we interviewed Erica to see what it was like this year. So if you want to pull that up. Yep. Alrighty. It's all queued up, ready to go. So today we're with Miss Erica, who's also in our radio class. She went to Coachella this past weekend. Why don't you tell us how that was? It, it, it was fun. It was hot. It's in the desert, unfortunately, and uh, there's like a lot of dirt. Like weekend two is no, like Coachella is a music festival. It happens for two weekends. There's weekend one and weekend two. I went to weekend two and uh, people say that it's really dirty because weekend one was full of grass. Weekend two is not full of grass, but it's fun, you know, I got to see a lot of my favorite artists. What artists were performing there? The headliner for Friday was Bad Bunny. The headliner for Saturday was Blackpink. And then the headliner for Sunday originally was Frank Ocean. Unfortunately, he dropped out three days before. I think it was Skrillex who they replaced him with. That's a very interesting mix of artists. <laughs> but the main ones we wanted to watch or I wanted to watch was Bad Bunny. I got to watch Gorillaz, who were super sick. And Rosalia. I watched a little bit of Blackpink. And then Sunday, we watch Kelly Uchi. Would you go again? No. <laughs> it was really chaotic. It took us five hours to get to Coachella. And originally, it said two hours. So it was just really dirty, really expensive. Once they start, people, you know, they get too excited. So they start pushing. And like two people fainted. Yeah, Bad Bunny said two people fainted. And nobody wanted to move to let them go. But, um... But yeah, no, I don't think I would do it. I think I don't think I'm a con like a festival girly. Like I think I'm more concerts, like one specific artist. No, yeah, that sounds really, really crazy. <laughs> what made you decide to go this year? Well, me and my sisters, well, we thought let's just try it once. I really wanted to see Frank Ocean, <laughs> like really badly. I haven't seen him like ever. I'm like, yes, this is the first time he's performing in years, and he dropped out. But you know, it was an experience. It was an experience for sure. Yeah, that certainly sounds very interesting. Thank you for the interview, Erica. Thank you. Thank you for, for interviewing me. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Kelly Cello this year did not sound like the best experience. Have any of you ever gone? No. No, no I have no interest in going yeah. to Coachella. That's not no, my vibe. No interest. I just feel like it's like, like you're in the middle of a desert and it's hot. 
but we do have Couchella here in Davis. You know, no pic- way, Couchella? Picnic day. That sounds rad. Yeah. Is that when all the bands play? There's Battle of the Bands at Picnic Day, but I don't think bands come to us. Oh, yeah. No. But I just, I've never had an interest in going to Coachella, mm-hmm. especially after this year. One of my friends did a thing where she posted every single thing that she, um, or everything she spent money on in Coachella. And uh, two strawberry lemonades cost $32. So I don't want to think about the price of anything else, really. Um, that must be like some prime, like strawberry that, lemonade. That, that better be like the nectar of the gods. <laughs> Good. Oh, absolutely. But uh, that is all we have time for when it comes to pop culture news. Thank you so much for listening. Does anyone have any final thoughts? This has been the DJ Doris. <laughs> now right. we're going to welcome our next group here in a few minutes. Take care, everybody. Hope you all enjoying that spacey song there. This is Cow Pinions, and you are tuned to 95.7 KDRT LP, Davis, California, where the grassroots grow. I am Samir. I am Michaela. Uh, I'm Kaichi. 
And I'm Gabriel. And today we are going to talk about the SpaceX launch, which happened last Thursday. And the people at SpaceX thought that their Starship uh, rocket was going to be a perfect launch, but unfortunately, it exploded a few minutes after it launched, which was quite depressing. And so, Gabriel, one of our members, was kind enough to do an interview for us. So, Gabriel, can you tell us a little bit about the person you interviewed? Yeah, so I had a family friend. I've known him for a while now. Um, and his name is. His name is Rick. And he worked um, right now in aerospace, and he worked at Boeing for a long time, which is kind of a, a you know more popular company. And now um, works at a different one. And we talked for a while about the uh, event of the SpaceX launch and everything, and his opinion on it. So we have that recording. And he is um, is and, and has been involved in the aerospace industry for how many years now, Rick, total? Uh, let's see. Now for um, about uh, 38 years. 38 years. Wow. Yeah. I had a, a career with uh, the Boeing company for um, 29 years. And then uh, I retired for, from the Boeing company in 2013. <clears throat> At the Boeing Company, um, what I did was um, I was a propulsion technician, which means uh, I'm a hands-on worker uh, as, uh, as opposed to the engineers that uh, write procedures and dictate the, uh, the testing methods. Um, I would work closely with engineers and they would um, we would test a spacecraft. Engineers would call out what they want to do, and the technicians like me would implement what they want. Um, and I know before you mentioned that this is kind of not your area, like environmentalism or the effect of the rocket, but yeah, any input you have would be more than any of us could say. And so we that you're the expert mm -hmm. here. SpaceX said the launch last week was a test. So what do you think of this kind of expensive test that has these ramifications of failing and potentially putting out this dangerous matter? Do you think um, the next, like the data collected from this launch will be of significant help for the next launch? Or do you think they could have worked that out without doing this kind of test where that fail failure happens? Well, I think, I think um, <clears throat> just like any, any program that's starting up, is um, you know there's a big learning curve, certainly in aerospace uh, with rockets. You know the history of stuff at Cape Canaveral, and any startup company. There, there's a lot of uh, big learning curve, so there's a lot to learn. So, in in my view, <clears throat> for this uh, for uh, this launch, they, you know, I, I think I I heard that SpaceX was counting it as success if they could just leave the pad. So um, with other programs that I've been involved with and seen, leaving the pad is a big deal. So just to get off the ground, have everything work right to, to get you off the ground and up in the air, even though this one didn't last very long. Um, <clears throat> you know, like I say, I, I, I'm not 
the expert on stuff, but uh, to get off, to launch off the pad and have it, its navigation system work for a little while, I think I would count that as success, but, um, and SpaceX is counting it as success too, they said. But, um, you know, the fact that it blew up, it's, I've worked on a lot of programs and, and, and a number of them have blown up and they've been on the news and they've yeah. been, you know, it's really devastating. Um, you know, for a first time rocket, it, it didn't surprise me that the things went wrong. Yeah. Um, it, it wouldn't, certainly wouldn't have surprised me that if it blew up on the pad, because, you know, Cape Canaveral, they've had a lot of examples of that happening in the early stages of, of new rockets and stuff. But um, as far as the Im uh, environmental impact, I'm not sure. I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, the news has talked about uh, things, and I, I'm, uh, I heard that this rocket used a different type of fuel, some methane, but um, so I'm... I, I I wish I could say more about it, but I'm I just don't know much about the fuel. I know that rocket fuel uh, typically is pretty nasty stuff. Yeah. The, the stuff I've played with, um, when we are around it, we have to be in really heavy duty um, protective equipment. Uh, we use what's called a scape suit, uh, uh, self-contained atmospheric propellant. Um, propellant ensemble thank you so much to our lovely speaker rick for giving us that insightful um engineering perspective on the crash uh you know it's interesting hearing from a, someone who's been on the ground actually helping build the rockets hearing the perspective and i find it shocking how little we know about the environmental repercussions um, and to hear about all the gear that he wears. Um, I know that there are environmental researchers scrambling to find out what the impacts are um, and to find out that someone who works on site wear, wears all that gear, you know, you have to wonder how are the residents in the area, right? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's like, I feel like the environmental aspects like the impact that this launch had like should be emphasized more because like it's a big like even though it was a test but like there are a lot of repercussions to it and so like uh the fact that like you know there's still not a clear awareness as to like how that would affect things is i feel like that would be it'd be interesting to look into that because that that's a significant part of these um you know uh these endeavors and so but it was it was interesting hearing the interview uh just getting a perspective on it and what i thought was interesting was like they're sort of taking it in a positive way you know that you know failure is a big part of the you know scientific procedure and so i thought that was pretty pretty interesting <laughs> uh, yeah i think this launch is uh like a successful of other human because uh, he's the only one people can send the rocket from Earth to Mars. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I, I think um, the environmental stuff is kind of yet to be seen what, um, what it really means. But at the same time, it, it's understandable that with a launch um, that's as big as that, you're going to have issues. Um, it almost kind of seems to me like we, when you get, you know, you have these big groups building these rockets, it's almost like they're building a bottle rocket, but it's, you know, multi-billion dollars instead of, you know, 20 bucks from the, the local stand. 
Yeah, and I think it's important to note that failure is progress in a lot of ways. Um, I think we just need to focus a little bit more on the effects of failure, but I know we learned something from this crash, and I hope we gain some progress from it. Absolutely, and with that, unfortunately, folks, we are running out of time, so we'll introduce our next group, but thank you to, lis- thank you to listening to Cowpinions, and have a great day. I shook out the sand, opened my pipes, and wailed with the band. It's great again to be a part of the scene, and I got some tunes on which I'm fixing to. Hello, listeners of KDRT. This is the final group for today, where the keynote eyes. You're tuning to FM 95.7. And uh, today's topic, we will be discussing about something interesting in the UC Davis campus. It is the dining commons. Yes, we are going to discuss how the staff members and the students feels about our dining commons. Let us introduce ourselves first. Hi, I'm Yulei. Hi, I'm Yutong. Hello, I'm Noah. Uh, we're going to first play an interview. So yesterday we went on campus to the Seguano Dining Hall and um, interviewed um, select some like randomly person he's dining here and let's hear about it. My name is Paul. I'm a staff member. I work in the chemistry department and I dine here every day. Every day? Oh, I yeah. see. So how do you like the food? Is the dessert department better or w- which department is better? Uh, it's all good. I particularly like the variety of soups they have and uh, 
I try to eat a mostly plant-based diet, so they have a lot of options for one who doesn't want to eat a lot of meat. Yeah, so it's good. So the overall atmosphere, dining atmosphere, and the food quality you are satisfied with. Oh yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's a and it's a you know it's a very good deal for staff dollar-wise. So it's like a little bit less than ten dollars per lunch. So it's pretty good. Aside from here, well, are you always like do home-based uh, cooking or are you always dining out? I'm just here for lunch, not not breakfast or dinner. No, yeah, I eat at home otherwise. Yes, just during the week when I'm at work. Yeah, it's a good deal. Okay, thank you so much. Nice to have you. Thanks. All right, that was the opinion of a staff member from the chemistry department. So Paul claimed that the overall atmosphere was great, and also the price-wise, dollar-wise, was fantastic for the staff members. So it sounds like a reasonable place to go to if you work at UC Davis. Right now, let's hear about another set of interview from two other students. Thank you so much. So, how often do you go to Squindle Dining Common? Um, maybe uh, twice a week. Twice. Yeah. What about you? Um, maybe just uh, at this time to go to the uh, to the dining commons. Oh, so during lunch time. Yeah, not always this time. Maybe. Uh, the lunch, yeah, but lunch is less frequent than, than this time. Oh, I see. So, what kind of food do you prefer more? I see you're holding some kind of dessert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is the same for you, ice cream? Yeah, ice cream and fries and hamburger. Oh, <laughs> so dessert and uh, from the barbecue stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, do you like the overall atmosphere of the dining common, or which one else do you prefer, or Tessero dining common? Um, to be honest, maybe some foods do not fit my like. Oh. I don't like it, so I never try to like to try to eat it. Oh, I see. So it's not good besides ice cream and hamburger. Okay, what about you? Mm, I don't like to eat the taco, <laughs> so I always avoid a taco uh, even uh, when when the the dining corner have it. <laughs> oh, uh, she doesn't like tacos. Do you like tacos? I think tacos are great. Yeah, I personally like tacos, especially the avocado sauce and the fillings. So um, they men I remember that they mentioned another dining hall called Latitude. So speaking of Latitude, it is the dining common on campus I go to most commonly. And for me, the Latitude is the nearest dining hall and like to most of my classes. And I also like the food here, um, just most of the time because like a lot of some mistakes. So. My favorite food in um, the, um, the dining hall latitude is the Asian rice bowl. Uh, I don't remember its name, but like sometimes they're making some innovations. Like 
you know, for example, I remember one time they had a dish like tagged Korean food, but I never like have had it before. But what Korean food are they? So uh, maybe like American style Korean food. But um, so for Seguanto, I have only been here one time. So the only thing I remember is like the big fry pan and some fried noodles. So that's interesting to me. And Noah, <laughs> do you eat on campus? No, I've never eaten anything on campus before. I've never eaten at any of the dining halls. I've I've been near them before, but I've never actually like eaten anything there. But after like hearing the interviews, I do think it might be like an interesting thing to check out because you see people say the atmosphere is nice there, but you also see people saying there's like a limited menu when it comes to what sort of food is offered. Like are like burgers, ice cream, like tacos that sounds like some pretty standard food. It's not really anything like innovative like anything that might blow your mind and be like wow what's this i gotta try this so in that sort of way it's kind of a big positive and negative so it, i mean it still seems interesting though and i might have to try it at some point oh yeah so where do you usually eat like after school yeah usually i don't eat on campus at all and i'm not just talking about just the dining commons i usually just eat at home uh most of the time use my classes are spaced out but I mean, the, I know the dining commons are a pretty big part of UC Davis because, I mean, there's not just one dining common. And, like, there's, like, a lot of separate um, areas of Davis that kind of focus on them. So, I mean, it, it, it's definitely a big part of the whole campus lifestyle. So it's something worth checking out for me. Well, from today's interview and our conversation, I guess dining commons at school are pretty good dollar-wise for staff member. For students, we're not very sure, but they seem to be lacking some of the diversity we have. But they do have a lot of choices, just not what you call them real diverse food. Okay, yeah. this is our topic today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, KDRT. Hello, welcome back. This is Donuts, and you are tuned to 95.7 KDRT-LP, Davis, California. And that was an amazing segment we had from all of our members today and all of the students here today. And we just recently talked about food and food here in Davis. How do you guys feel about that? Introduce yourselves. Oh, hey, y'all. It's Talia again. <laughs> uh, this is Sam. Yo, this is Miguel again. <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about the uh, food here in Davis? So like, while you were in here, because you're the sound engineer for today, we were talking about insomnia cookies. Insomnia cookies. Yes, we were. And we were discussing the differences between that and crumble cookies. Oh, wow. Personally, and, can I say something? Yeah. 
kind of controversial. People are going to hate me, but I don't like any of them. <gasps> what? Insomnia or key, Crumble Cookies. <laughs> they, they're low-key mid. I feel like they're just for people who are intoxicated. Or... What, 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 do you like cookies? Like, do you have, like, a preferred place? No, I mean, like, I don't have a preferred place. I think I have uh, preferred cookies. And, like... I don't know. I don't, like. What are your guys' thoughts? Maybe I'm overthinking this. <laughs> well, okay, okay. So there's this. Um, Miguel, are you Latino? Yeah. Okay. Do you know the Mexican wedding cookies? Um. That are powdered. Have you tried them, Sam? Wait, powdered. Yes. Wait, powdered with what? With sugar? They're they're powdered with sugar, and they're like these butter cookies. I think so. I think so. Yes, yes. Traditionally, they were served in, in like a Mexican wedding. I all I know is I, I ate whatever. Oh, you know what? Are, were they like star shaped? Yes. Well, some are. Some aren't. Oh, well, not star, but like they have like it, it looks like a gear, like a metal gear. Or am I thinking of something else entirely? I don't know. <laughs> all I know is I, I ate whatever was in front of me. Yeah. So I, Same. <laughs> I like. So that's okay. what matters. That's what matters. It was good enough for me to eat. Maybe, you know what, maybe I have, if we're talking about, like, cultural food, you know, I love uh, mamul. It's, like, these date cookies mm. that are shaped like flowers, and they're usually made during Ramadan or Eid, and it's, you like, a Muslim. Some. No. <laughs> <laughs> People keep peer pressuring me here. They're, like, bring donuts or bring cookies, and I'm, like, I don't have the money for that, okay? You want to give me money? It's someone's turn, because last week, I brought Senorita bread. Yeah, that was really kind yes. of you. I cannot do that, though. <laughs> That's a you thing. That's not a me. Wait, thing. you said they're date cookies? Yeah, they're date cookies. So you know how dates are like the the na- nature's caramel. You know, nature's never heard of that. You've never heard of that? It's like no. people are always talking about it. Well, it's maybe like, the people is, are is, like, like, is, is, is it like prunes? A prunes? What do you mean? No, yeah, I guess, but no, they're way sweeter than prunes. They're better than prunes. They're way better. You, I, you know what? I'll bring dates. How about that? I'll bring dates and I'll dates? buy. I'll <laughs> buy a bunch from Costco. Just the old Middle Eastern thing. <laughs> well, I but guess like, it's someone else is starting to bring food, so I guess you can try those out because I've uh, never heard of them. Okay, we should make a Google sheet so I could feel like this is fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know about like super. I don't. I don't really have like any like cultural food idea like things to bring to the table, but. Have you guys ever been to Alibaba? I in hate here in it. Davis? No. You don't like no. Alibaba? I, maybe I'm just a hater, guys. I don't know. I think so. I think you just haven't had enough coffee. Shout out Alibaba. Alibaba is phenomenal. Why do you like? Why do you like Alibaba? Okay. Because they have the best burritos in Davis. Oh my God, my boyfriend says that, and <laughs> I disagree. Like we after track practice on like Saturdays, we'll have like super hard workouts. We'll run like. 200 repeats or something we'll just be dying and we'll just like walk over to alibaba and have burritos for breakfast oh my it's god. so good no <laughs> dude i look okay you know why maybe i hate it because i got really disappointed it's not middle eastern food and oh and it claims to be it claims to be oh. middle eastern food so okay. i was like when i went in i i would like i got falafel or i got hummus or something like that mm-hmm. and i'm like i was kind of confused because i was like what the heck uh like it doesn't taste at all like falafel or hummus and people are like oh my god this is so good and then i was like okay maybe i'll give it another chance i'll try the burritos and then i look over in the kitchen and all i see like i don't know like all i see is like no middle eastern like cooks no like it was just a bunch of mexican cooks and they were just hey we made pretty good food i'm not saying you don't i'm not i'm not saying you don't i'm not saying they don't i'm just saying that i was it was just not what i expected okay that's fair i understand if you go into it with that expectation it's definitely gonna you're, no, you're gonna run into some yeah, issues to be, for sure. Sorry to call out Alibaba. You know what I mean. <laughs> Your burritos are great. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. The flavor is some there. The flavor is there. Of us 
What about uh, there's another Middle East? Sorry to talk about Middle Eastern just in general, but there's another Middle Eastern place called Sam's Mediterranean. Have you guys ever tried it? I no, haven't. No, I have not. Every time I go there, my friends always say it's my place, though. What do you like, mean? Because it's, it's Sam's place. Mediterranean. Oh, yeah. yeah. Name is Sam. I've never been there, though. It looks good. Funny. It looks good. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say one more thing. And, you know, I don't know. You can jump in here, too. Um, about Sam's Mediterranean. I think they're good. You know, I think I think they're Palestinian owned. Um, you should take me there. You know, I haven't really had much Mediterranean food. Okay, I guess this is all the time we have left. But you're here. taking me there, right? <laughs> Again, <laughs> this is all the time we have left here. So <laughs> we'll th- we'll see. We'll talk about it later. Wait, but- I, wait, real quick. How do you date cookies? Okay, wow. Uh, anyway, we'll save it for next week. Anyway, anyway, this is Donuts and Talia, Miguel, Sam, and you are watching KDRT uh, Davis, California News. This hour of KDRT programming is underwritten by Berryessa Brewing Company a craft brewery and tap room featuring a rotating selection of fresh brews, live music, and a relaxed atmosphere on the patio. Open Thursday through Sunday and located at 27260 Highway 128, Winters. Information at BerryessaBrewingCo.com.